Hi, my name is Dan, and in this world, I'm a lot of things. A father, a son, a brother, a talk radio host. But one thing that I'm definitely not is a Star Trek fan. However, my brother Joey... That's me. He is a Star Trek fan, but only the original series. Live long and prosper. He believes that if I sat down and watched the original series, that maybe, just maybe, I could become a fan too. There's such great writing. How could you not? So for the next 79 episodes of this podcast, that's what I'll be doing. Watching every episode of the original series and coming here to discuss it after each one. So join me each week as I go through all 79 original Star Trek episodes. This is Attempting Trek. And welcome back to another edition of Attempting Trek. My name is Dan. I am the one attempting. And I am here, as always, with my guide through the original series of Star Trek. And that would be Joey. What's going on today, Joey? Hey, what's going on, Dan? I'm glad to be back doing Trek. All right. Now, which episode is it that we are going to be taking a look at today? What's it called? It is called The Corbomite Maneuver. You know, is it is it bad that when I first looked at it, I thought it was carbonite, as in what Han oh. Solo got frozen in? <laughs> no. Okay. I, well, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a little bad. Um, I actually always think of this one whenever I see the title. I think of Doctor Corby. <laughs> well, of, of course you do. Of course, yes. that's why you're that's why you're guiding this one, and uh, right. and not me. No, right. no, granted, that was on first look at the word, and then once I read, I was like, oh wait a minute, no, that's a different word. Oh, okay, so something else is happening here. Very yeah, good. Pretty close though. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So before we get in and we start to break down this episode, do you have any any stats, any info on it that you want to throw at me before we uh, we 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 get down with the get down? Uh, yeah, well, just as a reminder to tell the folks uh, where we are, um, the last episode we did was Dagger of the Mind, and uh, you uh, assigned that 20 points. I didn't care and for it. We are now at 220, barreling quickly towards the end goal of 100,000 points to turn you into a big fan. This is not going well so far, I have to tell you. Yeah, 10 episodes in, uh, including today's, and yeah. um, that is uh, basically we've, we've completed the first one-seventh of all of the episodes we could do. <laughs> yeah. All right. So things better start picking up is what I got to tell you, my friend. Holy cow. I, I would like to say with this one, they do. Oh. I'm not sure you'll agree. That's up okay. to you. But um, All right. this is this is an iconic episode for a lot of reasons. Oh, and, is it? Uh, we'll oh, no talk kidding. About all that. I, you know what? I did not know this was an iconic episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good, lot of good little things about it. All right. And uh, so, just before we do the breakdown, as always, any time that Joey needs to break in, that's the sound you're going to hear. When he needs to stop me so we can get more relevant information as to what we're talking about. All right. Now, let's let's get to it, all right? Uh, yeah, let me just start out by saying that um, this is the actually the very first episode they ever filmed and produced. No and, kidding. Okay. You yeah. know what? It felt that way. It felt like it was earlier in the series than where we've yep. been. I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it's iconic, because this is where it all starts. You know, so 
Yeah. So as a reminder, uh, what the uh, heads of Star Trek did was they got together with the heads of NBC after they um, had put together four or five of the episodes and mm-hmm. decided amongst the four or five which ones they wanted to air first. Um, and um, ultimately, they um, chose uh, a bunch of other ones and they saved this for later. Um why this is interesting for Star Trek fans is that this is the very first appearance of Dr. McCoy. Uh, little things like that. So um, they're still figuring out Spock. They're still figuring everything out. So everything from here is where it really all should flow. Hmm. Okay. That's uh, the, the all of that is is pretty interesting. So let me ask you this. Did they save this one then for being, you know, 10th in the run because they thought that it, like I would think that what you're going to do with with a new TV show is you're going to take your stronger episodes and you're going to put them at the front of the run because you want to attract the fan base. So does that mean the network didn't think that this one necessarily was as strong as the other ones? I don't think um, that's sort of a a, a judgy kind of word. I don't think it's more about whether or not they thought it was quality or not. Mm -hmm. I think it was more about whether or not it was going to hook the viewers right away. So um, as a rule, they wanted to stay away from something that they called ship shows. And this is a ship show, right, where it really takes place on on the ship the whole time. So they – they really were trying to get away from that because the way that they were, the way the way Jim Roddenberry and crew sold the uh, concept was that they would be these adventurers going through the galaxy and sure. landing on all these different planets and things like that. And while this show winds up being pretty cool in a lot of ways, it doesn't fit what they were what they were sold and perhaps what they were selling to the public. Mm-hmm. So they wanted something where you do see them leave the enterprise. They wanted something that had more physical action. Sure. And, um, you know, and, and so they, they went with where no man has gone before, which oh. of course we already reviewed. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say ship show. Uh, it, it, it honestly, I hadn't thought about it, but it is like, um, what would also for other shows is a bottle episode where it takes right. place in just kind of like one or two locations. It's done to, I mean, the, the generally the idea of a bottle show is to uh, save money on the budget so you could spend also it on true. other episodes. So yeah, it yes. does definitely. I hadn't even thought about it, but yeah, it, I could totally see this as a bottle episode. So yep. Okay. We can yep. start. Yep. Okay, first thing that we notice, or that I notice immediately, that looks completely different, is the overhead shot of the bridge that we get right towards the beginning. Yeah. We're on the bridge, and we're high looking down. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, What's going on is uh, Spock is running the bridge, and they are out all the way out in space, like all the way out where where no man has gone before. They're taking pictures uh, for, of space for star maps because they're the first people to be this far out in space. Crazy, man. Uh, let's see. I can tell you that uh, Sulu, which we hadn't seen, uh, at least he was not in the last episode. I'm trying to think of the last time that we saw Sulu. I'm not even sure. But I know we hadn't seen him, so it's good to see him back, even though I guess this is the first episode. But let's just pretend that it's not. And <laughs> something is coming at them. What is it? I don't know. But here's what I do know. Uhura is in a gold dress, and that always kind of freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. Gold no, dr- that That sort of owes to what we're talking about. It's so early in the production, they're still figuring this stuff out. And um, at the time that they um, produced this one, I think that they hadn't gotten 
everything they were expecting from the budget just yet. Mm. Okay. All right. So we get our visual contact, and what is it? It's a cube. It's a glowing, spinning cube. It looks like like one of the one of the spots on the cubert board is what oh, it yeah. looks like and it's just rotating and it's coming and it's big and all of a sudden it's right in front of them and it's just this weird spinning cube now they can't go around it it's just in the way it's just stuck in front of them no matter what it is that they do although i have to say no one seems to be particularly shocked that there's a big giant floating cube that's spinning in front of them. It's like, oh my goodness. They're all like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on. But just the oddity of the of that shape and the, of what it looks yeah. like, that, that's never discussed. No one's like, oh yeah, isn't that weird? There's a flowing there's a floating box out there and it's just spinning that's, around. Yeah, that's pretty much their reaction, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not fear. It's huh, what is that? <laughs> yes. You know, exactly. I wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. That's so it's um it's definitely interesting, and I kind of like that because it really um, it matches what I think they're trying to sell, which is that these are people that you know have put their fears aside, you know, to take on you know this this job of you know being on the Enterprise and you know and exploring the galaxy. Yeah, maybe know? maybe they've come across all kinds of strange things, and it's like okay, yeah. it's just another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. All right, so now. We have this guy on the bridge. His yeah. name is Bailey. I don't know this Bailey. I will tell you that when I first saw him for for a little bit, I thought it was George Siegel because he looks like <laughs> he looks like George Siegel in the 1960s. He looks that's what he looked like. He looked like that wow. guy. <laughs> and then okay. I found out it was not George Siegel and I was fairly disappointed. But oh, yeah. uh Bailey starts raising his voice, and uh, Spock does not particularly care for that. Raising my voice back there doesn't mean I was scared. I couldn't do my job. It means I happen to have a human thing called an adrenaline gland. Mm-hmm. Does sound most inconvenient, however. Have you considered having it removed? But you know what? Let's forget all that for a moment, because there's something way more important that's going on here, Joe. Oh yeah, way more important, and that is a that is is where is Kirk? Why it's shirtless Kirk and he's getting some silly looking physical. He's <laughs> he's <laughs> exercising. He's got this there's a red light going on, and then, you know, I don't know, he's pumping his legs on this thing. <laughs> and he's and he's going, Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so great. It is absolutely great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's the uh, the red light of, I guess, the communication light. Uh, eventually, yeah. Kirk sees it, jumps into action. Spock tells him about the cube. Uh, Kirk is annoyed at McCoy. And McCoy, <laughs> he says, what am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor? <laughs> Which is... <laughs> Like, and there you go. That's the beginning of uh, McCoy right there. Yeah, the, the what am I, a doctor or a fill in the blank? You can see the alarm lights flashing from there, McCoy. Why didn't you tell me? Finally finished physical on you, didn't I? What am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor? Yes. 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 Yeah, and in, in this opening, these opening scenes, there's lots of shirtless Kirk. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got no, he's just, you know, and I'm just going to, like, I got to get to the bridge. I'm just going to walk around with this towel. I'm going to ride around in the elevator. Without a shirt on. That's just how I roll. That's just how it is. 
Yes, yes. And in his um, annoyance with McCoy, McCoy sort of he defends himself to nobody by saying that you know he if he if he jumped every time that there was a light on, he'd be talking to himself. Which <laughs> of course he's talking to himself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So yeah. back to Bailey. Who, mm-hmm. who immediately, okay, immediately, this guy sucks. I can't, <laughs> I hate Bailey almost from the jump. He's trying to make excuses for his lameness. I, I don't care for this guy at all. Um, w- all right, so we have uh, Kirk on the way. All right, now here's something that's really cool. When Kirk first walks into the bridge, it's this handheld shot that's behind him as he's going in. Oh, you like that? Oh, yeah, it's really cool. Anytime, yeah. look, well, anything that that kind of deviates from the norm yes. of of what the show looks like, I always think is really cool. The overhead shot was cool. That handheld as he's going in, that's a really cool look. I, I love it. Thought it was great. I'm with you. I'm with you, baby. I love it too. Yeah. There's been some criticism of that shot. Why didn't they have a steady cam? You know, back in the day or something like that. But I just think it's really neat as well, especially. As we get uh, deeper into the run, and a lot of these shots are going to wind up going away. Oh, yeah. Well, see, th- I feel like you're. it gives you a little bit of a feeling of being on the bridge for, for just a moment. As you're yep. walking in with him and, you know, you see all of the faces that, that you know, start looking his way as he's, wa- as he's making his way on there. No, I think it's a great shot. And it makes the bridge look bigger. It right? does. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, so first, Kirk gets in there. He gets uh, he gets some stats on the cube. Uh, also, by the way, also who we hadn't seen. I see that Scotty is back. Although, again, you're telling me it's the first episode. But yep. Know. All right, but to me, it's like, oh, he's back. That's great. Uh, Bailey immediately has uh, his opinions on shooting the cube. And now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. One thing that uh, <laughs> this is one thing I love about Scotty. We. Yeah. We know we love Scotty already. Yes. Um, I think you love Scotty already. Sure. But he is usually the first guy that doesn't have an answer for Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. When he asks that question, <laughs> he usually starts out with, oh. <laughs> this is true. You're right. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So so Bailey wants to shoot the cube. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm thinking, who the F is this guy? So are we going to just let it hold us here? We've got phaser weapons. I vote we blast it. I'll keep that in mind, Mr. Bailey. When this becomes a democracy. This guy is all over this episode already. And he's a pain. And I don't like him. All right. That's pretty clear. Yeah. So we're going to have another thing that I like, which is the use of the meeting room, of the conference yes. room. I know you love that. I love the conference room. And it really does look like everyone's just kind of hanging out. I mean, I know that they're having a, a serious meeting. We learned the ship hasn't moved in 18 hours because of the cube. And the, I don't know. There's a weird feeling in this particular room, like almost a little bit of a disorganization, I'm guessing, oh. because maybe they've been there for so long. So, you know, yes. everyone's just kind of like maybe there's a restlessness to it. Is uh, No, is, I don't think that's it. I think they're exhausted. OK, I could go with uh, that. I mean, if you if you look at the very beginning of that scene, Uhura mm-hmm. is in that room, too, and she looks like she's asleep. Yeah, like she's all like laid over the, you know, her head's down on the on the table mm-hmm. and somebody's pouring coffee. It's McCoy, I think. Um, so they're just wiped out from, like you said, they were, you know, they've been, uh, stuck for 18 hours trying to figure out what to do. Um, so I think that's what it is. So, you, you know, the, the, the mood that you're picking up is real. 
Um, they're just trying to say, hey, we're really wiped out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now they start discussing what to do, and, and Bailey has this assumption. Again, this guy, he assumes that uh, Kirk's going to destroy it, but then, no, no, correct yourself, Bailey. No. <laughs> That's not what we're doing here. It's, I don't... We, nobody knows who you are or how you got here, so just relax. Mr. Bailey. Bridge to phaser gun crew. Caliban. I'll select what kind of action, well, Mr. I'm Bailey. I'm sorry, sir. I thought you, you meant explaining, by... Mr. Bailey. I haven't requested an explanation. We're going to outrun this thing. That's That's the plan. And so they go and they give it a very nice try. They, and I was pretty sure this was not going to work. I, 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 I was in favor of the idea. Okay. But I didn't think it was going to work. So I was like, all right, listen, we're going to try. And so they go fast and then faster and then warp factor. And now radiation is increasing as they increase speed. So yep. we've got all kinds of problems. It's not working. The cube is spinning faster and it's spitting out radiation itself okay new problems all right so kirk gets the phasers ready we're now we're we're now gonna do this we're now we're gonna take it out joe we've had enough we've had enough of this cube (laughs) all right so who's it on to fire the shot joey who's it on it's a it's your favorite character oh this guy Professor Bailey. <laughs> this guy is killing me the whole episode. <laughs> so he does it. He, for some reason, he hesitates. Eventually, he gets the shot off. Smart phases on target. Mr. Bailey, locked phases. Phases locked. On target, sir. Point blank range closing. Fire main phases. Cube is destroyed. Whew, we can relax, right? Yeah. You can relax. Um, sure. Well, all right. By the way, now, uh, I believe Spock is not happy with the idea that Kirk asked for his advice but then didn't take it. But <laughs> well, we're still clutching out Spock. That's interesting. <laughs> Although I could understand being upset by this. All right. So uh, now, all right. So now our, our problem is over. Kirk orders, uh, hey, hey, Bailey, you and the rest of the crew. Do some drills on simulated attacks since he feels yes. like we didn't really do all that well with this. So right. let's go ahead and and let everybody practice on it. Uh, one thing that's really cool is that right after this, right, while, uh, while this is going on, Kirk is talking with McCoy. Uh, they go and they get some space drinks together. But what's really cool is that the whole time that they're talking and then when they go and they sit down with their space drinks – you hear like background voices, like on oh, the intercom, yes. good job of, uh, yes. of the drills going on and people talking, and, and you know every so often, like I watched this one a couple of times, and so the the second time I was watching it, I'm 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 listening to the background of of what their drills are and what they're doing a little more. You know, I want I want I was actually a little more interested in hearing that because it it sounded really cool. Like all right, it was. This, you know they're doing a good job of uh, of setting that up of of setting that illusion for you. I, I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic, and the fact that they had gotten up to ninety four percent success rate. Kirk here. Exercise rating, Captain, ninety four percent. Let's try for one hundred, Mister Spock. Agreed. Still wasn't good enough. Let's try for one hundred. Let's try for hundred. You know. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff is great. I love that touch too. I mean, that takes a that you know, especially back in in 1966, that takes a lot of work to just 
they had that little extra audio, you know, how they were going to do it, when they were going to film it, how do you get it, how do you, how do you put it into the scene later um, in post. Um, yeah, I thought, once again, that shows how hard they were trying to put this uh, this show together and, and make it the best possible thing they could ever do. Well, I'll tell you, the, the audio design of the show is, I don't know if people talk about that, but the audio design of the show is amazing because mm. I, I was on the phone with somebody. And I okay. had Star Trek on, and they did it. All they had to do was hear just the sounds coming from the television, not any actors speaking, and they could yeah. tell that it's Star Trek because it's so distinct. You You're know, right. they, they have so many distinct sounds for so many things, and you know it immediately. There's just those those certain beeps that are going on. You know, if yeah. you, if you hear those the doors opening and closing, if you hear yeah. the transporter, there's a number of of very specific sounds that, that you know come from this show because that audio design is, is so well done. I never thought about it in the terms that you just spoke it. Mm -hmm. That was really, that was really interesting. Um, but you're right. I mean, and they do spend so much attention to detail on the sound. Yeah. Um, you know, Alexander courage is one of the guys that's, that's behind a lot of the, a lot of the, the sounds and the music and, and things like that. Um, you know, and I believe he actually scored this entire episode. I'd have to double check that. But, you know, you don't have a lot of TV shows that, you know, the entire episode gets scored. Um, so, yeah, they tried really hard and they know how to make the background noise sound like it's in the background. But mm -hmm. yet it's still present enough that um, it's adding to the to the uh, ambiance that they're trying to portray, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Good stuff. So while while McCoy and, and Kirk are having a good time having their space drinks, here comes Yeoman Rand. Here she comes mm -hmm. with her with maybe the biggest beehive ever, and she's interrupting Kirk. She's giving him some food. And wait a minute, what is this? This dietary salad. Orders from Dr. McCoy. What? <laughs> what a jerk. He's sitting right there. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting right there, too. And Kirk tries to make sure that McCoy gets the same thing. And it is. It's just like a, a plate with leaves on it. That's what it is. And Kirk tries it. Yes, you know what? Yes. And make sure the doctor gets one, too. And it's like, <laughs> no, no. I don't eat until the crew eats, Kirk. Yeah. Sorry. What the devil is this? Green leaves? It's dietary salad, sir. Dr. McCoy ordered your diet card changed. I thought you knew. Your uh, weight was up a couple of pounds, remember? Will you stop hovering over me, yeoman? Well, I'll change it if you don't like it, sir. Bring some for the doctor, too. No, no. No, I never eat until the crew eats. And uh, no, Kirk gets flustered by Rand for whatever, whatever cranky reason. Probably because... He's He's cranky in general, and he doesn't want a, a damn salad. I don't either, by the way. And Well, this is where they start talking about his commitment to the Enterprise over any woman. Uh, yes, because, because he does ponder, why on earth did I ever have to get a female yeoman? Grumble, right. grumble. Time for second simulated attack. When I get my hands on the headquarters genius that assigned me a female yeoman. What's the matter, Jim? Don't you trust yourself? <laughs> right. Why? What's the matter, Jim? Don't you trust yourself with her? There's a little funny exchange there, I thought. Yep. So there it's all it's all really sort of beginning to mm -hmm. um 
you know, pull back the layers on who this Captain Kirk guy is yes. that, you know, most people don't know at this point in 1966. Yes. Now, now, you right? know, Kirk, Kirk's got some, got some lady issues as in he likes them. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to this episode, he doesn't. <laughs> well, according, Kirk is fooling himself by, uh, yeah. by telling everybody that, no, no, I do have a female. I do have a woman. It's the right. enterprise. Oh, relax. All right. So Kirk is called back to the bridge. And it's more trouble because you didn't think it was going to be that simple, did you? No, no. Now <laughs> it's it's a it's a ship that's now the problem, Joey. Yep. It's a ship of bubbles, by the way. There's it's a big round thing made up of bubbles. There's large bubbles, and in between the large bubbles are smaller bubbles that 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 connect the large <laughs> bubbles, and it's just a big giant bubble ship. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so this thing has the Enterprise in a tractor beam, and uh, we, we now get to meet our new friend, and that is Baylock. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Baylock, he says, the cube was a warning buoy. And, well, listen, apparently this is how things happen in Baylock's world. You go ahead and you send out a flying, spinning cube... It's a warning buoy. I mean, honestly, this is a terrible warning buoy because they tried to get away from it and it was still there. I don't know what this guy's problem is. Right, right, right. So, at, But at this point, as you're watching the episode, is your interest level picking up? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is, you know, I, I, The whole thing has been fine so far. The only problem okay. I have so far is that damn Bailey. You don't like Professor Bailey. He's not really a professor. Stop saying No, that. he's not. No, he's, he's not. No, he's not. He's barely a... I don't even... What is he supposed to be? What is he? He's the navigator, but... He's the uh, navigator. Didn't, didn't we um, skip over the part where they talked about, where McCoy talked about how he uh, he promoted him too quickly? Um, if we did, I perhaps, yeah, we probably did. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that was, needs, that was talked about a little bit. That was the topic of, uh, during the space drinks was, uh, they were talking about Bailey at first. I thought that was in the elevator. It was, in the it was in the elevator on the way to space drinks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. 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 Those, right. So we do get a little bit of character development on this Bailey guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, what, what they're, what they're presenting to us on the show is that, um, he's probably in over his head, mm-hmm. um, just based on his experience. Certainly based on his skill level, from what we've seen. Oh yeah. But he got pushed up um, probably too quickly. Probably uh, it seems like by Kirk, uh, because Kirk thought he saw some of himself in Bailey and liked it. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, let me tell you something. This Bailey doesn't look any younger than Kirk does. By the way, they—it's not like there's some big giant. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like I guess a ten-year age difference between these two. Oh yeah, but that's I don't right. see it. Uh, whatever, Bailey. All right. So anyway, <laughs> it's not a bad thought though. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Baylock is not happy. We should we should actually focus on this problem because this is a we real should, this yeah. is a real problem. It uh, is a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Kirk tries to explain, but Baylock says, "Listen, if the Enterprise tries to move, I'm going to blow it up. I'm just going to destroy it." So Kirk says, hey, hey, Bailey, hey, hey, the person who's been incompetent the whole episode, I want you to do a recorder marker and so you could send it back as a warning to other ships. 
This is this is good. Yep. So in case the Enterprise does actually get destroyed, other ships won't get destroyed as well. Not a bad idea, right? But that also tells you how, how serious the situation is <laughs> yes, in Kirk's it, mind. Yes, yes. Get the black boxes ready. Yeah, that's, yeah get the that's, black boxes that's ready. Start writing suicide notes. <laughs> the last thing that you want to hear. Yes, that is yeah. exactly the last thing that you want to hear. Right. And that's so, so true. And so, yeah. Get the black boxes ready. <laughs> um, what a surprise that uh, No Pressure Bailey goes ahead and freezes again. The Bailey Dispatch Recorder Marker. But eventually he does it. Now, it, it really, in the end, it's all, it doesn't matter because uh, Baylock destroys it, figures it out, destroys it. Yep. And here's where we're going to set the clock, Joey. We're going to set the timer. Baylock now says, You have 10 minutes before we're going to kill you. So, everybody there, say your prayers. That's hilarious, by the way. <laughs> that is hilarious. I know that some of you people on this ship, you probably believe in something. We're going to give you 10 minutes to start praying to it. That's exactly how <laughs> how he's his message. Those are not his exact words, but yes. obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's like, whatever, you know, deities you guys are into, oh now's the time to talk to them. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. That's terrifying, by the way. That it's also terrifying. the second time, if you go back to the cage, mm-hmm. it's the second time that they make a reference to uh, religion in this sort of, uh, I don't know, pious kind of way, right? Like, do you remember in the cage, um, it was the cage, the, they had the three guys with the with the heads. Oh, with yeah. The big heads. That's right. right? Yes. That's and right. one of them um, said he was. they were reading Captain Pike's mind, and he was saying something about the fact that he could pull anything from his mind, even uh, – how did he – I forgot how he said it. But he, pull, he pulled up – oh, he called it a fable, a, a fable from your, you know, from your history or from the land you were in. And then next thing you know, Captain Pike is in chains in what looks to be hell. And it's fire all around him. Do you remember that moment? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. But it's the way it was written once mm-hmm. again by the alien species talking about, you know, this thing that they don't really respect about. Yes. Right. It's very um, it's very clinical the way they speak about it. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. 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 Which I think is always interesting. But anyway. All right. So now the entire sh- ship, by the way, here's the say your prayers message. We make assumption you have a deity. Or deities, or some such beliefs which comfort you. We therefore grant you ten Earth time periods, known as minutes, to make preparations. Which <laughs> has got to be. It would have been great if they just showed uh, different p- departments of the ship listening to it and freaking I know, that's out. A good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just these sections that you never really have to see again, and people listening and just like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? You know, some people actually start praying. That would be fantastic. So Kirk, in response, gives the crew a pep talk. It's very nice. All right. Yes. Yes. This is this is about that pep talk. This is it was you know it's a fine pep talk. I I don't know if if I would be listening to it at that moment. I think I'd be like, oh my god, I'm gonna be dead in ten minutes. I think that's what I'm thinking about. But But I I like that pep talk. He did a fine job. Yes, but what I like about it is that for the viewer, for the attempting trucker, 
that it's really explaining the most important thing to understand about the show, right? That they are explorers and they are not supposed to go running and hiding. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. they are, you know, when they do, when they do encounter something, even if it doesn't ultimately work out to their own individual best interest, um, you know, there's a greater good involved. In most cases, we have found that intelligence capable of a civilization is capable of understanding peaceful gestures. Surely a life form advanced enough for space travel is advanced enough to eventually understand our motives. All decks, stand by. Captain out. You know, he's just reminding people that that is like, that is mission number one, is to is to explore, find other beings out there, encounter them, hope for the best. You know, we can't can't prepare for, you know, for everything, but that's what we're doing. How many people after this episode transferred off the Enterprise? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to guess at least a couple. <laughs> at least a couple were like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you could put me on a space station from now on. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Kirk sends a message that the Enterprise intends to, uh, to back out. Um, Bailey freezes again. But, but wait now, with the way he says that, it's almost like, okay, we're just going to leave. Yep. He says it in a very authoritative way. He doesn't ask permission. He, he's not, you know, sort of uh, sugarcoating it. And he's like, okay, he's acting as if he's the, as if he's Baylock's equal. This right? is true. Yes, you're right. Yes, you it's are It's very powerfully delivered. You know, mm-hmm. this is sort of like going over, you know, the events that led them to this moment. And now we've decided that we're just going to back away and you do your thing and we'll do ours. Mm, yes, uh, yes. Trying that anyway. <laughs> it, 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 you know what? It's a nice try. It is. Uh, Bailey, again, not exactly quick on the draw, but it doesn't really matter because the ship's engines are dead anyway. But nonetheless, more Bailey. <laughs> Here is where we're going to up the ante, Joe. Now, we've already got our 10 minutes ticking off. But now to make it better, we now, for some reason, somehow, some way, we're able to get an image of Baylock. Oh, yeah. And I don't exactly know how these things work, <laughs> how these how these transmissions work. I have I no idea. But for some reason, we get an image of him, and he is perhaps the most ridiculous-looking alien <laughs> Maybe I've ever seen in my life. Maybe. Now, but did he look familiar to you at all? No. Should, I really? mean, I, he looked like an I he looked like I'd seen him before. So, yes, I don't know where. Why do you, do you have a reference or something? Well, he's going to appear um in the uh, end credits of a lot of Star Trek episodes. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I definitely believe that I had seen him before. Okay, but you know, I I wouldn't know anything, and I also think that they took the, the you know the the puppet, whatever it is. Yeah, I think they took it from like the outer limits that had been used in some other episode. <laughs> I think That's so. Great. Like they found it and they're like, oh, this will work great for you know for our needs. Yes. So, so it's um this is one of the this particular uh, image of this alien is one of the things that makes this episode iconic ah. because when people think about star Trek, probably like if you talk to a, a Trekkie and if you could put a, a USB cable in his head and pulled out the first 10 images, this would be in there. Okay. I, I would think. Okay. Well, fair enough. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Yeah. So 
By the way, by the way, we got eight minutes left. I should point that out. We're now down to eight minutes, and yes. this is a good time to start flipping out, which is what Bailey starts doing. He's flipping <laughs> He's the f of the good out. Time. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's like, well, you know what? There's only eight minutes left. It's a good time to start going bananas and just start, you know, making it an even bigger ass of myself, yeah. complaining. We're all gonna die. Blah blah blah. Only got eight minutes left. Seven minutes and forty-five oh, seconds. He's doing a countdown. Practically. To watch what are you all out of your minds end of watch it's the end of everything what are you robots wound up toy soldiers don't you know when you're dying watching regulations and orders what do they mean bailey you're relieved enough of this guy kirk kicks him off the bridge which he probably should have done a while ago thank goodness all right now that we're bailey free kirk tries to talk to baylock again but we're not getting anywhere Oh, oh, also. <laughs> God, we're down to four minutes. Kirk and Spock, they're kind of uh, conferring on what to do. Spock is out of ideas. For some reason, McCoy comes back and starts yammering about Bailey and just, just complaining to him about how he's handled him. We're going to die in four minutes, McCoy. Yes. What is the matter with you? Priorities, man. This is not the time to talk about HR issues. <laughs> it was your mistake. You overworked him, pushed him, expected too much out of him. I'm ordering you to drop it. No time for you, your theories, your quaint philosophies. I intend to challenge your actions and my medical records. I'll state that I warned you about Bailey's condition. Now that's no bluff. Anytime you can bluff me, doctor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. With my re with my remaining four minutes, Captain Kirk, I'm now filing a report about your mishandling of Bailey. Oh, yes. my God. Seriously, man. Kirk. Yes. Now, okay. This is a little bit of a device because Kirk, when Kirk shuts him up, which he does, it gives him the idea that's yes. going to, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's going to be the next thing that he does. Kirk gets the idea. Because they had been talking about it with Spock. Kirk had been talking about the situation with Spock as though it was a game of chess. Right. And now... After yelling at McCoy, he gets the idea of poker. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Here's now, what we're going to do. At this point, are you, are you like really into it? Oh, I'm totally into this episode. I'm yeah. Totally into this. The and drama of this. I had forgotten until I watched it how good the drama was. Yes. How good the writing is. You know, it's easy to follow along. It's, it's easy to feel the impending doom. You know, like everything, the mm -hmm. acting is really good across the board. You hate Bailey. You're supposed to hate Bailey. That actor does a good job, I think. You know, like I think everything is just really spot on. Yeah. All right. So he calls Baylock back. He gets gets him on the phone and he says, listen, guy, let, let me tell you something. All right. Here's something that you don't know, because even though you can read all our memory banks, even though you can scan everything on the ship. Here's something that we don't tell anybody. Here's our little here's our little secret. Our little ace in the hole. Yeah. We have some material. It's called Corbamite. It's in every ship. It's a material and it's a device. And what it does is that if any ship attacks us, it responds in kind and the attacker will get destroyed instead. Oh, and yeah. In the two centuries that we've been using this stuff, no attacker has survived. 
now. What I love about when he's explaining all of that stuff mm-hmm. is that at some point, Baylock tries to jump in yes. as if he's ignoring him. And he says, you have two minutes or something like that. And Kirk just like doubles down on the authoritative voice, right? Like he just repeats and destroying the attacker. Like he's not going to be unheard. You know what I mean? Like he's just powerful. Yes, absolutely. It is It is great. The whole thing is great. If any destructive energy touches our vessel, a reverse reaction of equal strength is created. Destroying. You now have two minutes. Destroying the attacker. It may interest you to know that since the initial use of Corbomite more than two of our centuries ago, no attacking vessel has survived the attempt. So everyone on the ship is kind of looking around like, oh, my God, Kirk is totally bluffing this guy right now. Like everybody on that, everybody on the bridge. I'm sure there's probably one person who's like, wait a minute. Is that real? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm you, sure there is. There's got to be like one or two people who are like, wait a minute. Is that real? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're saved, <laughs> but we're, we're, yeah, we're yeah. saved. <laughs> There's a yes, yeah. yes. I mean, the looks of of Spock and Sulu are that. Oh, he's just totally bluffing right here. Let, let all right. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. McCoy apologizes, and right. really, since it's been about oh, I would say six minutes, maybe seven minutes, it's a good time for Bailey to come back. What the hell is this? He comes back on the the damn bridge. I, it is weird because he basically got into the lift. Yes. Took two steps. Yes. Got back in the lift. <laughs> <laughs> he was barely gone. Yes. It's it's like I, he's been away for twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I guess since there's only two minutes left, Kirk is okay with it. All right, you want it, this? You choose to die here. That's fine. Go ahead. You could die at your post. Yes. So. The time passes. They're, they're, now they're just waiting. They're waiting for for Baylock's uh, counter to run out. The time passes. No attack. Now, Baylock says, "All right, give us some proof for the Corbomite, and yeah. then we'll, and and we'll let you go." This is interesting because it's the first time he has acknowledged what Kirk said. Yes. All the other time when he when Kirk was talking, he just kept doing the countdown as if, you know, he wasn't even hearing Kirk. So you you had to wonder, is Baylock still hearing him or not? Right. Like part of you is like, at least for me, part of me was going, well, I know he's saying this, but that doesn't mean that Baylock is hearing it. Hmm. I was just thinking that Baylock was ignoring him. Okay. I'm just talking over. You are so insignificant. I'm going to talk over you. That right. was right, and I, I think you're. Well, this proves that you're 100 percent right. But there was maybe 30 percent of me that just sort of like, eh, does he hear him? <laughs> you know? nah, that, so. that had an enter my uh, my thought process. I was always like, okay, oh, this guy just thinks so little. He's a, yeah. or or he just he thinks so much of himself. Anyway, so uh, right. he wants to prove. Kirk says no dice to that. Here's something that I, I totally appreciate is that uh, even though there's there's no power really on the ship at the moment, Rand comes on like this, yeah, and yeah. Uh, she's bringing him a nice cup of coffee that she has made with a phaser, and I will tell you right there that is what that's that is a mighty fine yeoman 
right there. Now you're in love with the beehive. There you go, right there, yes. Okay. All right, bring me a cup of joe. I thought the power was off in the gallery. I used a hand phaser and sap, hot coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so now a a small ship of bubbles comes out to tow the Enterprise to a planet, all right? And when once it tows it there, well, then we're going to destroy the ship. Sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kirk has the, all right, so this is going to happen, huh? All right. So then Kirk uh, pulls away from, from the little ship, which struggles to keep it on the tractor beam, and then the ship shakes, and people on the hallway are falling from one side to another, and the bridge is shaking, and... The bubble ship is just getting, it's just lighting up. It's just getting brighter and brighter. It's overheating, and eventually they end up breaking from the bubble ship. We're breaking free, sir! Nice. Yes. And of course, this is a perfect time for Scotty to come on and let us know that the engines need work. Right. That's pretty much his function is to uh, is. is to let us know when the engine needs work. All right, I need this much time. You know, it's not going to work, Captain. That's pretty much what he's there for. Yep. All right, but now we have a distress call that is coming from the little bubble ship, and so Kirk decides to answer it. McCoy, who's been so useful, uh, thinks that this is a bad idea. Which, by the way. Yeah, I may be I may be agreeing with McCoy here, but Kirk does a good job of staying on message of, right. of what his message was earlier in the uh, in the speech to the crew. And he says, no, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to beam on board that little bubble ship <laughs> and uh, see what we can do to help out, even though these people wanted to blow us up. Let's go see what the problem is. So he takes the most useful people he could possibly take in this situation. Yes. And that would be McCoy and Bailey. Oh, Why does yeah. Bailey go? I d- you know, Kirk is trying to give him another chance to, to redeem so. himself is the idea. Yeah. But I've yeah. had, oh, man, that guy. He's, he's really working hard to, to uh, develop Bailey into somebody useful. Yes. And, um, Okay, but now moving ahead, so they're in the transporter uh, room, mm-hmm. and uh, they start getting, you know, their their sashes ready. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you know, if you go from where no man has gone before, let's overlook the huge cannon gun <laughs> that they that they had. Right. It's a great. But they gun. also had like. Uh, in the past, they kind of had like uh, utility belts or something like that, right? Or vests or something like that. Like now, they've decided they're going to try something different, and it's these sashes. Do you like the sashes? Um, I think that they're still figuring it out. I think it's still a fail. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. All right. That's the side I was going on, but just didn't know oh, yeah. how, how you felt about it. Yep. Okay. And and also, there's there, apparently there's not a lot of room. You know, the, 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 I believe transporting yes. is a little tricky because it's a little bubble ship. And I think that there's a detail they miss here. You know, like this is a good thing to say, hey, it reads pretty cramped over there. And so everybody like ducks their head a little bit. Bend low, gentlemen. It reads pretty cramped over there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how do you, you should tell them exactly how low to bend over. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because part of me thinks, what if you transport into like half the wall or something? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, right. You're, 
You, you can, yeah, like the top half of your skull is embedded in the ceiling. Yeah, that's a bad problem right there. Yes, yes. I think you want to be a little bit more exacting, you know, in your coordinates. <laughs> yeah, just bend down you know, a little bit. It's not like they're all the same size either, you know. True. All, you know, they're, uh, you know, a couple inches off of each other. So, I mean, they can't just all bend over at the same level. I, I'm that, that one did bother me a little bit. Yeah, I'm guessing if it's you and I, we just just crouch down into a ball. That's, I think I would probably do something like that. I'd yeah. drop to my knees. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So we go to the other <laughs> ship, and what do we find out? That terrible looking alien is just a that 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 very fake looking alien is is just a fake alien. <laughs> I, I do want to say something about that. Yes. Um, for what it's worth. Yeah. Okay. So that fake looking alien that you're talking about. Yes. Um, apparently, from uh, you know, as as I've mentioned in the past, I listen to a lot of other podcasts and trying to prepare myself for what we do. Um, and a lot of the other people uh, talk about the fact that when they were kids and they were watching Star Trek, that that actually was very scary back then. Oh, so, look at that. Yeah. Right. Good to right. Know. I mean, so, you know, owing to the time, of course. Of course. You know, it looks ridiculous today. It looks fake as hell. Yes. But I guess back then it looked pretty, pretty daunting. <laughs> pretty serious. Yeah, I, I, I guess. And probably it was also very unique in that most people weren't used to seeing aliens and monsters in color, I would bet. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah, but yeah. You, you know, one of the telling things about this thing is that <clears throat> the mouth isn't moving when it talks. Uh, right, the, right. The, and the head, the head and the eyes move, but the mouth. Yeah, there's something weird going on with 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 uh, the synchronicity of the whole yeah. thing. Yes, synchronicity. Well, me. well, the whole. Well, you know what? In the end, it's all fine because it's not real. It's just a dummy. Right. So it it all makes perfect sense now. Right. And we see Balok, who's just a little kid, and not just a little kid, it's Clint freaking Howard with big, giant, bushy eyebrows. What in the hell is happening? So when you were watching this and you saw Clint Howard there, yeah, yeah. how quickly did it take you? I got a couple questions. How quickly did it take you to recognize him? Oh, almost instantly. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, the dude hasn't changed in, you know, 60 years of life. Yeah, but, um, exactly. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I, it's stunning. It's really stunning how he looks almost identical. Um, and 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 then secondly, did you – what was your reaction? Did you guffaw out loud? Oh, I, I probably did, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not just a kid. It's Clint Howard, of all people in the world. And then he's got those fake eyebrows on. It's like, what is happening here? <laughs> it's Clint yeah. Howard. What? Okay. And he polished his head. <laughs> yeah, though. Made him as bald as he could be. <laughs> yeah, they were just getting him prepared for his future, apparently. I go. It's not my fault. This is, this is yeah. the truth. <laughs> so... He then, Balak, uh, you know, he greets them. He gives them a drink. I don't know if I would accept a drink. Maybe I would. No, right? I uh, thought that was a little uh, little easy yeah. for them to start drinking it. Yep, I did too. And so Balak explains, hey, look, the alien is for, is, is for looks, okay? Because yep. obviously no one's going to be scared of Clint Howard. So I put up a big hokey-looking alien. That's how it works. And by the way, this whole thing, just a test. That's all. I'm... That's all. It's it's just a test. I like to test people, make sure they're, that they're okay. I test them by threatening to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in good fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's really messed up. 
<laughs> so Balok then explains how he's lonely and he would like someone to stay behind with him. Uh, you know, like I, I maybe I could I could show them a little bit of, of what my culture is like. That would be nice. And now this is where Kirk maybe maybe this is the idea that's even better than the Corbinite Corbomite maneuver. Wow, I couldn't say it. And that's hey, here's a way to get rid of Bailey. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kay Bailey, why don't you stick around here and hang around on this weird bubble ship with this bizarre kid who's who talks in a in a in, a, in, a, in an adult voice and scares people with a fake alien? We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was interesting and um, well wait let's let's just go back a little bit to yeah, the drink sure drink Tranya we must drink this is Tranya I hope you relish it as much as I okay uh, okay so that's another iconic thing from this episode is a lot of people that are Star Trek fans love the whole idea of Tranya oh. and there are there there are recipes out there on how to make Tranya. And um, I mm-hmm. think there's like a whole Star Trek, oh, uh, uh, you know, bartending, you know, school or science on how to make these drinks, whatever. But Tranya is Tranya is a big one. So I just wanted to make sure you understand when I say it's iconic. These are the moments that I'm talking about. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to look up a recipe and, and give it a shot. Yeah. OK. Yes, but back to your thing about getting rid of Bailey. Yeah. yeah. For a guy, Kirk, who he brings Bailey in. This is really weird, right? Because he brings him uh, onto the uh, onto the onto the party, onto the landing party, because he want. I think, like I said earlier, I think he wants to develop them as a, his uh, skill set and usefulness for the uh, for you know for for the Enterprise and yes. you know for whatever they're calling themselves. And by the way, they call themselves a few different things. They call themselves the United Earthship Enterprise. Um, of the first federation, um, so they haven't really figured out exactly what their uh, okay, what the uh, what the government is, I, I suppose. Okay, but well, nonetheless, right. it's still shocking that he just instantly turns them over. Oh yeah, I mean, he seems pretty. I don't think you turn a guy over if you're bringing him on board like that easily. Yeah, you're right. And the idea that this guy was our enemy, and now all of a sudden he's our pal, and he's given us Tranya, which we're going to accept. And, right. hey, maybe somebody wants to stay with me because I'm, I'm lonely. <laughs> now, Kirk, again, is trying to give Bailey an opportunity for development by leaving him behind because right. Kirk feels, okay, we should leave somebody behind. This is important work. We don't know anything about this kid and whatever race of alien he's from, whatever bubble yeah. people he's from. So somebody needs to gather that information. We'll come back and pick him up in whatever, however long it's going to be. Do you know where we can find a volunteer, Mr. Bailey? Me, sir, I'd like to volunteer. Ah, you represent Earth's best, then. No, sir, I'm not. I'll make plenty of mistakes. So I, I totally get that. It's still strange. It's, it's still very strange, yes. um, especially if this is an important mission, right? Which it does seem like it could be, right? Yes. And I don't think you can trust ba- uh, uh, Bailey to with with an important mission at this point. He's failed mm-hmm. in every stressful situation. Yes, and you know I don't. I'm not going to say that this is necessarily a, um, a stressful situation, but maybe it, it could be for Bailey. Uh, you know? I, I as soon as as soon as Kirk 
This is sort of like when you have that dog that has separation anxiety. Everything's fine, and then the parents leave, and then what's what's Bailey gonna do? He's gonna stand at the door waiting. Yeah, he's gonna be cry. He's probably gonna pee all over the place. He's probably gonna crap everywhere. He's gonna destroy cushions. Yeah, you know. He's going to slap Baylock around. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that's true, you know? I mean, you, you wonder. Child abuse coming up, maybe. <laughs> that kid needs it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he threatened to destroy them. Come on. He oh, set up that, that ridiculous cube, and then he gave him a 10-minute warning, told them to say their prayers. I mean. He may have an argument. It was a very serious test that he put them through. My goodness. Okay, so. Uh, Baylock then leads them on a tour of the ship. The episode ends. Now, Joey. Yes, sir. First thing that we see when it ends. Directed by Joseph Sargent. And Joseph Sargent, in case you don't know, um, taking a Pelham 123, one of my oh, all-time favorite really? movies. Yes. No kidding. Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, and also had his career ended by directing Jaws the Revenge. Hey, <laughs> win some, lose some. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's funny. I actually tried to interview Joseph Sargent a few years ago and uh, could not get it done. He, uh, I, I could not get him to talk to me. And then he died like about a year ago or two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a real bummer. <laughs> but okay. I totally wanted to talk to that guy. Um, he uh, af- after Jaws the Revenge, he's able to direct you know TV movies and things on television. But he had a, a career in features up until then, and once that happened, uh, no more. Okay, so because of the spelling of the last name, I instantly think of who? Um, you think of Dick Sargent. Yeah, right. So are they? Well, do you know if they're connected? I have no idea if Dick Sargent is related to Joseph Sargent. Oh, yeah, it has to be looked up. Well, I don't believe Dick Sargent was in either Pelham One Two Three or um, <laughs> Jaws: The Revenge, and Maybe I don't, don't get along. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> and I don't know if Joseph Sargent ever directed any of those later episodes of Bewitched. So those are, you know, it's possible. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never okay. know. Okay. Quick look in, uh, on Wikipedia, anyway, doesn't yeah. show a connection. Okay. <laughs> okay. Doesn't say, like, you know, nephew of. Uh, no. Yeah, uncle. No. I would say, but probably be, be, be more like cousin, right? They're probably yeah. about the same age. Yeah, right? they probably are. You're right. He was, I want to <laughs> say, in his 80s, upper, like, he was probably like pushing 90, I think, when he died, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. All right. So. Now, what do you want to do next here? Um, you want to score or you want to give me some facts I don't and want information? To score. You've okay. locked in your score. We talked about this before. So yes. You have, um, you have, as in the, in the past, we've waited until the very end of the episode for you to give us your score. All right. So I'll, I'll do that again. But don't, yeah. Um, you'll do it again, but this time you've locked it in. So that you're not swayed by the um, mm-hmm. by anything else that we're going to talk about, which is I've had a concern about that because um, um, it could it could it could take away from the experience of just watching the show, which is what this is really supposed to be about, right? Yeah. So Joey Joey's under the belief that when we talk about the show, that yeah. it, that my my score may be changing. It might be dropping. Mm-hmm. It, it might, might be you dropping. Know, as I start to like reveal some of like the stuff uh-huh. that I think is still really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you might go, oh boy, I didn't realize it was like that. I didn't realize yes. that it. I didn't realize it was that lame. Oh yeah, my goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. what? Right. 
Okay. Right, right, right. right. I still you want I still you want to be hoodwinked, you know, it's <laughs> going into your score. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well go ahead. What have you got for me on this one? I'm all I'm, I'm very interested. Okay. Um, well, uh, regarding the guest stars, obviously we've talked about Clinton Howard. Yes. Um, so with a puppet, I'm oh. going to give you a chance to try and guess who the voice was. Oh, 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 the puppet. Oh, uh, yeah. Baylock. Yep. yep. Um, I mean, you say Baylock and I know what you mean, but it's really the, it's really when the puppet is talking to the enterprise, right? That, that voice. Well, yeah, game. but I mean, when, when, when they went and they visited Clint Howard, wasn't that the voice he was using? Uh, no? Joe? No. Hello? Are you there? Oh, okay. I lost you for a second. Okay. No, 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 no. This is uh it, this is a different person. Oh, oh, but okay, but what no, but what I'm saying is like the, was it Baylock's uh, Clint Howard's voice was not his actual voice. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. So the the person that they use for uh Clint Howard's voice when they're on the ship that's not the same person I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about the okay, voice so those are, that they use. So those you are thought two they were di- one and the same. I thought they were one and the same. I did. Nope. You're right. Okay, so they're different voices. Um, shoot, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have any guesses on this. Ted Cassidy. Oh, no kidding. We we just saw him a couple of episodes ago. Wearing right. The, wearing he came the, later, but we're, yeah. Wearing the house dress. <laughs> right, right, right. So once again, showing that once you're sort of inside on Star Trek, you're, you're sort of inside. They loved Ted Cassidy. So they used him a bunch of different times. And this is one of those times where it's just his voice. Oh, well, you know what? That's that's really good usage because he's got a fantastic voice. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I believe I'm not, I may not have this right, but I, I hope I do. Um, the voice that of Clint Howard is um, is coming from someone named Walker Edmiston. Are you familiar with this person? No, I'm not. He, um, I believe he had the nickname of Man of a Thousand Voices. It's huh? a good nickname. And he also, su- surprisingly, weirdly, played a character named Spock on the Big Valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And he consistently showed up. He was uh, on, a, on an episode called 40 Rifles, and he appears in anywhere from five to seven episodes, depending on what you read about the Big Valley. Oh, well, you know what? I, I'm sure that um, there are too many episodes of the Big Valley. If I was oh, to yeah. guess. Was Isn't to... that the one that like lasted for 20 years? <laughs> no, it's Gunsmoke lasted for 20 oh, years. No big Valley fans. I was gonna say, you know what? Yeah, we probably just pissed them all off. There's a few just they just turned off their Anyhow, they I turned know. off their smartphone right now. What? Too many. That's enough of this crap. <laughs> you don't know good TV. <laughs> Youngin. <laughs> okay, now this is something that I found personally interesting, and I think once I go here, I think you will agree. Mm-hmm. So I was really interested in the fact that they brought in the tractor beam. Okay. I thought about that. I'm like, okay, when was the first time I ever knew about the tractor beam? I think it's probably the same time you became aware of the tractor beam. That uh, Would that be in, in Star Wars? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. Right. So, okay. So we, we learn about the tractor beam in Star Wars, but this is Star Trek showing the tractor beam. So then I wanted to know, did they invent the tractor beam concept? Right. I mean, it's about you know, this is 66. Star Wars is 77. Right. So mm-hmm. nine, ten years different. Um, but no, 
they didn't invent it. It was, it, it may have, this might be the first time it was ever used on film or on screen or whatever you want to call it. But it actually appeared all the way back <clears throat> in a book published in 1931 by E.E. E. Smith. Uh-huh. And this was a guy that wrote a lot of interesting stuff. Um, and um, he actually had the original name as the attractor beam, A-T-T, ah. Right, right, right. And so he wrote a novel called Space Hounds of IPC that was <clears throat> originally serialized in Amazing Stories. This was a magazine in 1931. And here's why that's interesting is because Amazing Stories as a magazine would eventually bring us Buck Rogers a few years. Oh, no kidding. Uh, uh, actually, they they brought us Buck Rogers a few years earlier, my bad. Um, so Amazing Stories was a big thing back in the day. I really tried to see if I could get my hands on a copy mm-hmm. of this, even like uh, even even a, you know, a remake or something. Sure. A reprint. And it's pretty tough to find. There are some photos of what the cover uh, looked like that are out there, but it's very, very scarce. Um, nonetheless, I still thought the whole idea of the tractor beam, which is very cool, it really helps, you know, push some plots along, you know, what is the science behind a tractor beam since, you know, it, it can't be seen visually, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it, it, you know, are there magnets behind it or whatever? And there is, there are, you know, varying explanations of that. But anyway, I just thought that whole idea was kind of cool. Um, and uh, the way that um, they portrayed the tractor beam in this episode, I thought was really, really well done. I thought in general. Did uh, you did you agree with that? Yeah, I would I would say so. And I do like the uh, the the phrase a tractor beam because yeah, that's usually the look that that's what I call the look that I give women when I go out at night. <laughs> I give them the a tractor beam. Yes, yeah. and then I think what they do is eventually what the Enterprise did. They find a way to break away. <laughs> usually, Violently, perhaps, if I, necessary. I would say usually it's uh, it's the transporter <laughs> is what happens next. <laughs> they just they just beam the hell right on out of there. <laughs> okay, so um, then I think only one other thing here, which is that after the commercial break, after the tractor beam starts. Mm-hmm. The music is the piece used later for the famous Spock nerve pinch. Oh, is that right? They went using it. Yeah, yeah. The famous Spock nerve pinch. I love that. Also known as the FSNP. See, I like that much better. I know. Like that. That's that's a uh, a wig. What is it? Uh, you know, I can't. Even, what is it actually called? What do they call it later on? What does everybody call it? What do you mean? What does everybody call it? Doesn't it- in the script it's called the FSNP? And in real life, people just call it the the nerve pinch, the nerve, the okay. nerve yeah, or the Vulcan nerve pinch, or that, something like that. I think that's it, the Vulcan nerve pinch. But yeah, I like the uh, the acronym; it just sounds cooler to me. It, it, it is, especially the fact you know how they invented it, which we talked about. You know, they were looking for you know a, a more. Um, uh, they were trying to find a way to 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 have Spock subdue Kirk, and or not Kirk, but but somebody else that Kirk was involved with and not have it be very violent because Spock is an alien and he's sort of above these things. And then Spock and Kirk worked on it privately. And then they showed the director that this would be way better than <laughs> Spock just showing up and whacking him on the back of the head. Yeah, and they fell in love with it instantly. And, and, all right, and it's the famous, right? It's the famous yep. 
I yep, love that's it. I love the idea that we're all right. We're gonna come up with this brand new thing that no one's ever heard of before. It's the but it, we're calling it the famous. Anytime nice. I see something that's called famous, I'm always mildly amused, and I'm hearing about it for the first time. It's like okay, yeah. yes, sure. I sure never know is. if it's gonna be famous. They don't even know if that episode's <laughs> gonna make the year, or if the if the whole series is gonna be canceled. But they've oh. already just started, you know, using the acronym. They you know? they know that if this thing goes, that that's gonna be famous. You think so? Yes, I think like people are gonna think this is cool because no one has seen something like this. You're probably right because these are yeah. actually a lot of the people that are involved with uh, with with Star Trek. In, you know, from Gene Roddenberry to Herb Solo and, and Bob Justman and all these other guys, they have a lot of experience in television. So they probably can predict that, oh, this is a winner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're probably right. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but you're probably right. All right. So what else have you got for me? You got anything else? Uh, I think that uh, that pretty much it is it. I did mention that this was a ship show. Um, you know, I, we did talk about the fact that um, – they haven't figured out what to uh, name the government. Yep, they were still working with it. That's oh, fine. True. Yep. We um, didn't talk about Bailey wearing the the crazy earpiece that Spock wears sometimes. Oh yeah, he sure did. That's yeah. right. I totally noticed that. Yeah, towards yeah. The, towards the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um, other little little tiny things are when they're showing the countdown clock. It's it's um, it's digital, right? Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure I don't know which episode it is, but somewhere in the dim recesses of my tiny little memory banks, I think they're going to show a clock later on at some point, and it's not digital. Well, it's did, a countdown clock. Didn't they show a countdown? We saw one that had a countdown clock. Did we already clock. see one? Yeah, we saw one, and it was not. It was like an analog clock. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. All right. That's then – okay. Uh, I kind of feel like there might be another one coming, but maybe that was all that, that, I, that I remember. Well, I'm sure there's uh, more countdowns coming. There, there's, there's been a few in, this, oh, yeah. uh, in, in the run so far. I'm getting – Yes. I, I get the impression that the clock being set is just yeah. – let's just kind of be part for the course uh, on good old star trek which is fine right. by me we're building to the fever pitch yes exactly. um yeah um okay and i also thought that the uh well you mentioned the handheld camera that was in my notes um following kirk in i thought that was fantastic absolutely fantastic um and it's too bad that that stuff is going to eventually go away um and you know we're going to get to a point you know 20 episodes from now where all the shots are going to be very similar mm -hmm. and you know there's some comfort in that at the same time that then you know the show is going to be you know more uh, like probably what you think it is or you know at least parts of it oh yeah this is how i always see the show but when you see when you watch it the way you're watching it now you're like oh there's these different ways to look at the show yes. and i think that that's kind of cool that you can appreciate it now yeah I, um, I, I'm, I'm, I can already tell. I can already yeah. tell these things, and that's cool that you're noticing. Yeah, and it does seem like something that's a product of it being early episodes. Yeah, 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 and they're they're probably not exactly sure how to parse out the budget. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, you know they're putting more money into certain things and less money into others, and you know who knows. Yeah. Um, okay, and then I thought that the shirts were uh, just for the clothing. I mean, you already <laughs> talked about, you know, Uhura wearing the gold thing. Yes. You did not point out her uh, green earrings. I was about to, and then, oh, okay. I, I, and then I thought, nah, let it go. But, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. She wears those a lot, and they look like shower rings to me. So, oh. Wait, yeah. she wears those a lot? You've I've seen, them, I have seen her. I have seen her wear those before. Yeah. Those, okay. Those green I hadn't earrings. noticed that until today. Um, but, you know, there's less color in this episode than there is in, say, the naked time which is 
produced later. We've seen the naked time. You love the naked time. There's a lot of color in that. You know, Scotty's wearing the red. She's wearing the red. Mm-hmm. Um, they really take advantage of the fact that, you know, hey, there's color TV sets out there and NBC's trying to sell color TV sets. Push, 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 push color. Um, so uh, I think more of that is coming. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I also think I, I had to I didn't go back and check, but I think she may have been wearing green uh, fingernail paint. Oh, that I, I would not have noticed if the uh, not sure she mm-hmm. had that. Uh, all right. I'd say I, I'm not a fan of the gold shirt. And I know that uh, yeah. that's that's prominent. And I'm thinking now that you're saying color. Because mm-hmm. the colors they use are gold, blue, and red, yeah. the primary colors. I hadn't thought about that. And maybe that's part of the idea of the Yeah, of but the there's almost no red and blue in this. No, there's not. You're right. right. You're right. right. And right. It, it does seem a little muted, if you will. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. From the way you sort of generally think of, you know, the, the stereotype photo in your head of Star Trek, there's a lot of these, you know um, – sort of, you know, popping colors, you know, of the rainbow kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, so, and then I'm not sure if I said this, um, but the shirts I just thought were baggy, which is kind of weird for me to think of Star Trek oh, people yeah, you, wearing baggy shirts. You sure. can see wrinkles in them. They kind of fold up when they sit down. Bailey they for just sure. Don't, yeah, 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 yeah. But even Kirk's, you know, every, they're very loose, mm-hmm. but they kind of like roll up on them a little bit. Um and also, and I don't know if, if I'm going to notice this later, that I'm going to be paying attention to this. There are a couple of shots of when Kirk uh, has his arm extended because he's, uh, he's pressing the, the button on the intercom or something like that. And you can really see his hands really good. Like they, they almost focus on the hand and the, sh- the shirt sleeve is too short. Oh, I, just- <laughs> I, I don't know if I picked up on that. I might I might post a photo of that in our Facebook group. Oh um, yes, which by yeah, the way, facebook.com yeah. slash attempting track. If you are not a member, please go right ahead. Right. All right. right. So those are pretty much the things that uh, that I have. Okay. All right. So yeah. are are we ready to ready for the score? Yes. All now right. you're gonna so you're gonna talk about this a little bit and then like yeah, uh, lead absolutely. to a fever pitch. Okay. Is there gonna be a drum roll and no. then I'm gonna pass out and uh, then you're gonna tell me the next day what it was? Yeah. <laughs> it's that important to you. Maybe that's how it'll go. All right, so uh, let's see. So we were at two hundred and twenty points prior yeah. to this episode. Right. This episode, uh honestly, by far the best one I have seen. This is no kidding. This is my favorite one, and it's not even close. I thought this one wow. was really good. I was into it uh, the whole way. I love the whole idea that Kirk is trying to figure it out. Eventually, comes up with a, this is really it's a great episode for Kirk. You know, it where, really is. Yeah, we've seen episodes where I, I've seen episodes where I, I've thought, okay, this is he's really cool right here, and I've seen episodes where I thought, okay, this is really not a good decision right now, but. <laughs> Right. This episode, he he's on point the entire time, pretty much. The, the only thing I don't like is why he likes Bailey. Bailey is right. the one thing about this episode that I don't like, but I like everything else about it so much that it, it doesn't really deter me. So this will get by far the most amount of points that I've given to any one singular episode. Okay. All right. right. All right. So here we go. This one is this one was so good, Joey. I'm giving it. <laughs> 1200 points whoa yes 
1,200. We are over 1,000. Wow. Yes, I, I genuinely thought this was a really good episode of television. Wow. Really, really good. Yes. So now we are at 1,420 overall. We have jumped Holy up. Holy smokes. Yes. I'm blown away. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, don't, don't try to guess. As he's talking. <laughs> it's like I felt like I was in a performance review and I'm trying to like figure out what my, my final rating is gonna be and what my raise is gonna be. You know, and I'm and I'm not even listening to what he's saying. I'm just sort of like trying to guess the numbers. Oh yeah. Hilarious. And I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be a hundred points. <laughs> no, it's gonna be five hundred points. I'm like, no, don't go there. It's not gonna be five hundred points. That's too much. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you, I'll let you in on something else. After I first saw it, the first time I saw it, I was thinking, oh, okay, this is a thousand points. This is easy, a really? thousand points. Then when I watched it again, I was like, "No, nah, I got to give it a little more. Got to get a little more." It was that good? Because the second Why time I watched it, it, I was. More? I'm sorry. Why did you have to give it more? What, because what, it, what it was. It, it was even. It was even better than I realized. I was, you know, I was. I then took. I was starting thinking about all the things about it that I liked. I liked some, you know, the the, the uniqueness of the uh, the individual shots. And this the the second time is when I was paying more attention to some of the background noise, things like that, like little details that I really enjoy. I was like, ah, you know, you got to give it a little bit of credit for that. So, twelve hundred okay. on this one. We are at fourteen twenty overall, and uh, you know we're. We're we're looking all right. We're we're looking uh, we're looking a little bit better now. I would agree. So let's just uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the Clint Howard part. Mm. Sure, I'm always up for Clint uh, Howard talk. <laughs> okay, because I would say that the reason that I didn't come into this episode excited to watch it, I knew it was iconic for like the little you know um, the, the 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 imagery pieces that I mentioned, right? The puppet and things like that, right? Um, but I wasn't excited about it because I have sort of always remembered that it has, in my mind, a crappy ending, a very soft ending. You know, you got this baby there, you yes. know, that, uh, you know, it's a is a horrible actor and, um, <laughs> you know, the voice sounds fake as hell. And it it almost made the rest, everything else seem like it it was a wasted exercise. Um mm-hmm. So I'm just telling you that like I've always had that image in my brain, having watched this from the time I was five years old. I probably watched it at some other point in my life too, but that's what I was left with. It's like okay, I, I was just remembering that eh, it doesn't go where I wanted to go. Like yeah. where's the confrontation? Yeah, you know, yeah. Or, I get that. So was that? Did you feel any of that? Or no? yeah, I yeah I did. I did feel a little bit of of a letdown at the end, but the bluff is so good. The, the bluff is the so bluff good. is so good. Like he's thinking about like the problem he has is yep. is amazing. It's a huge gargantuan problem, and yes. no one knows what to do, and everyone's ready to die. And he says, "You know what? I am going to roll the dice on this." This right. is right, and I'll tell you something I else love about that. it too that makes it so freaking amazing is how he just rolls into it. Like he gets the idea. It's like not chess, but poker, and then it takes him like four seconds. To like hit the uh, the intercom mm-hmm. and then start talking, and everything he says is so amazing. Every sentence of yeah. what he's saying is just it's powerful. It's everything makes sense. There's no wasted words. You know, I'm, I mean, one of the one of my favorite things. I mean, I'm sort of uh, 
you know, a, a minor student of, of, of communication, I guess, if you will. And I'm sort of fascinated by how people communicate and which is probably funny because I over communicate so much. But but they're so efficient. The writing of the show and the dialogue, it just it's it, it's constant. And and they just nail every sentence out of the park. Any and, and Shatner's delivery is just astonishing. I mean, it's hard to imagine anybody coming close to coming through with that performance in that moment. What's, what's in my we, opinion? Okay, what's um, what I love is that he doesn't even he doesn't even run what he's gonna do by anybody. He doesn't tell Spock, and I love how everyone is like making faces. They're all reacting like, <laughs> "Oh my god, what is he doing? Yeah. Oh my god, he's." Tr- He's trying to bluff this guy right now. This guy who's yeah. going to blow us up, you know, <laughs> like everyone's kind of somewhat taken aback by what Kirk is saying, and you know, you could really feel that tension in in that moment, and it makes the it makes the episode. It really does. Even you though know, we're stuck with Clint Howard at the end, it, right, right, right. You know, it strikes me that um, because you know you sort of have this mild you know understanding of the show going into the movies. And then when the movies come out, you watch all the movies pretty much, right? Yeah. Right. And so what you're doing right now is watching the prequel. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the prequel. That's correct. Right, 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 right. And so what you're getting, though, I mean, since it's a legitimate prequel, right? This is like, it, it, this did happen first. <laughs> yes, this is an actual prequel. It actually, and- right? It's an actual prequel, <laughs> right? Um, what you're getting, though, is you're getting the uh, the 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 buildup of the history that leads to why people behave they do around him in the movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Like, like, like when you watch in the movies and you haven't watched a show – you might go, okay, whatever. I guess you love him. I don't know why. I guess it's just, you know, that's how you're telling the story. I'm not saying you you said all that, but you you know, you don't you can't understand why these people are so loyal without I mean, you can't really get it, I guess is what I mean, right? You can't really mm-hmm. oh, oh, intimately understand it. You know, they have so much faith in this guy, in this character because of all of the things that they've been through and how he's consistently come through. He's consistently yes. been a phenomenal leader. This is one of those moments. Oh yeah, this was his best episode by far. Like he was great the entire time. You know, the the he was I thought he was fine when it came to the to the stupid cube at the beginning as well. All right, we're going to outrun it. Okay, we yeah, can't we yeah. can't you know, we're going to have the nonviolent reaction to this because that's what we're supposed to do. Let's just try to get away from this thing. Okay, we can't get away from it. We don't have any choice. Blow it up. Right. So, I like I I totally dug the Kirk Throughout this episode, his thought process, I was on board with all of his decisions, uh, yeah. even though uh, Bailey was not on board with all of his decisions. Should be, point, should be pointed out because we can't disparage that guy enough. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be one of the few episodes where Kirk, I think, does not make a mistake. Like th- there was no choice. Right. Yes. I mean, he didn't make a bad choice, really. No, not in this one. I, I don't think he did. Right outside of the Bailey thing, which is you know, over, <sighs> yeah, it's right. overcomable, so yeah. to speak. Outside of the Bailey thing, that's correct. Yes, right, yeah. but like that didn't, that did not uh, lead to the events that the entire Enterprise was put into. Again, yeah, that's that's true. That, that's right. true. So yeah, fine. Right. That, right. I, I'm I'm kind of overlooking Bailey a lot for this episode, even You're though very kind. Yeah, because he he really got he really did get on my nerves. Freaking guy. Now, here's your punishment. Hang out with Clint Howard on some weird bubble ship. See you later. Right. That's right. What you, that's what you get. 
<laughs> so what do you think happens in a few years? Do you think you're going to see uh, Bailey again? Do you think I, you're, you're going to get Bailey reports? What's, here's what, here's what, what I are think. You guessing? Here's what I think happens. He goes and he hangs out with uh, with Chuck from Happy Days. That's what I think happens. I think we never hear from Bailey again. <laughs> That's what I think. I think he disappears. He goes. He goes to the same college that Chuck went to on Happy Days. He's gone. Okay, I think you're probably right. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think that confirms as a matter as a matter of fact. Okay. You're probably right. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Joey, can you please tell us what we're going to be talking about on the next episode? What's the next one that we're watching? Okay. Well, this is. Um, I'm going to tell you the name of it. Sure. And then I'm not sure if you're going to know stuff or not. Okay. So uh, we'll find out. Okay, go ahead. So um, it's actually a two-part episode. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's the only time they have a two-part episode. And it's called The Menagerie. Okay. I have heard of this episode. Do you know stuff about it? I, I, you, if you do, don't tell us. Oh, okay. I well, I do know a couple of things. Okay. You, I don't want you to say anything else. You don't want me to say anything. You don't. Want me, you don't no. want to know what I know. No, I don't. Not. Not for this. Not for this podcast. All right, uh, fine. Let's I, save that for the next one. I okay. want you to have a fresh sitting. Okay. So to speak. Yes. And I believe that you should watch as well as me. We should watch both episodes, right? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Sure, we could do okay. that. All right. All right. Yes. So, the, so, so all right. So the next one will be going over both parts of the menagerie. Yes, sir. Which is great because then I don't have to be stuck with to be continued and then have to wait a week because, you know, who needs that in 2017? This isn't Get Smart. We're right. just getting right to it here. <laughs> get Smart? Why is that I happening? Know. I don't know. I Why don't... did I have to do that? that was, I have no idea. so unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many episodes. There's so many TV shows that had a to be continued and you had to wait a week. I don't know why Get Smart got picked for that one. But, one, but. but all right then. Very good. <laughs> all right. So everybody out there, thank you for, for tuning in to this episode of Attempting Trek. Uh, please go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes if you have the time. It does help the show out. It makes it uh, come up in searches easier. And, and, well, gosh darn it, we would appreciate it. As we mentioned before, there is a Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash attempting trek. And if you wanted to send an email with a complaint or a question or a comment or anything, you can send one to me, which is radiodanshow at gmail.com. All right, so... With that, say goodnight to everybody for us, Joe. Fans, you've got the con. There we go. <laughs>